You have a lot to focus on every day. Let Virginia Premier focus on your health coverage. Our health plan is only focused on Virginia, so we can connect you with quality health care and local resources. Our added benefits give you more value on top of your medical and drug coverage from Virginia Medicaid. See our benefits at virginiapremier.com slash Medicaid and have your whole family with the same health plan. Virginia Premier, focused on Virginia, focused on you. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Long ball is going to go for a touchdown. The game's over. Webster Slaughter. Baker Mayfield. Wow. It is Baker Mayfield. I woke up feeling dangerous. Hello, Cleveland. Welcome to another episode of the 1085 Green Podcast. It is episode number 97. I can't believe we're this close to 100 already. It's, it's kind of crazy uh, as we almost hit our, our two-year mark uh, as doing these things. I'm Anthony Jokey, the host, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jack McCurry. Of North Coast Sports. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. Uh, you know, we have a, a pretty huge episode lined up for everybody. Uh, we have two fantastic guests uh, in this episode, and two great interviews uh, that we were able to conduct talking about the new coordinators of the Cleveland Browns, uh, both Todd Munkin and Steve Wilkes. Uh, we'll be discussing those guys with Jeff Rich, uh, who's the host of uh, Sports Overnight America uh, on Sirius XM Radio. He's a longtime Cleveland Browns fan, but he's a radio host out there in Arizona. So uh, he was able to see Steve Wilkes. And we have uh, Philip. I, I, I'm going to butcher his last name, and I apologize uh, in advance with uh, Swigler. Uh, I hope that's right. Uh, he's going to come on. He runs um, FPC Buccaneers. Uh, and he does a, a fantastic job covering those guys, so we decided to get him on and, and talk Todd Munkin. Uh, but before we get to, to those interviews, Jack, uh, Freddie Kitchens was introduced uh, as a head coach yesterday in a press conference. Do you have any overall takeaways from the things that he said yesterday in that press conference? I mean, it was another uh, introductory press conference. We're getting used to these in Cleveland, obviously. We've seen many uh, in the last 20 years, but uh, all in all, he killed the press conference as per usual with the new head coach. Uh, he just came off as very genuine to me, and what you see and what you hear is exactly what you're going to get out of Freddie Kitchens. Um, I love that he 
pretty much called out the entire fan base. I think we can all admit that we were excited about seven, eight and one. And he goes, that's nothing to be excited about. And he goes, that's an improvement, but we want more. We want to get the Lombardi trophy. And I actually agree with them. I mean, obviously that's the ultimate goal. And, you know, in recent press conferences, you hear these guys all say that we're chasing greatness. And I think one time, I think Shermer said that the goal was to win the AFC North. That's not the goal. The goal is to go and hoist the Lombardi Trophy and win the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's nice to hear a coach say that. I don't think we've heard anybody say that in quite a while. And, you know, I thought it was great. I love that he wore a ball cap with his suit. I think that's the only time we'll probably see Freddie Kitchens in a suit. Um, But that was per PR request that he had to. But all in all, I thought it was a great, genuine press conference. And hopefully it leads to great things in Cleveland with the Browns. Yeah, if they didn't come from PR, you uh, he definitely would have been up there in that orange dog pound hoodie uh, that we've been so accustomed to him wearing. There were a few things that he said that, that really uh, struck me. Well, the first the first thing was uh, Tony Grossi told him, we're with you, winner tie, and kind of chuckled. And Freddie was like, that's not funny. Uh, you know, anytime someone goes after Tony, uh, you know, Greg Williams had that last year and now Freddie this year. It's kind of becoming an annual tradition. I hope it follows next year. Uh, somebody gets him again. Um the second thing was, you know, you, we mentioned him being in a suit uh, for once, and, and he said uh, he wasn't going to be more head coach-ish. Uh, he's just going to act himself and be himself. And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons he was really able to uh, build such a camaraderie with all the players was uh, he was himself, and uh, he was able to relate to them, and hopefully he could do the same thing as the head coach of his football team. And the last thing he said, and I think it's going to go down as the, the quote of the press conference, he said, if you don't wear brown and orange, you don't matter. Uh, I, I, that might be one of the best things I've ever heard a coach say since 99, since we've come back uh, from this football team. And when you say something like that, uh, you know, it, I think he got a lot of fans riled up yesterday and, uh, you know, the fans were very prideful uh, with him saying that. And, um, you know, I, look, I, I think Freddie, uh, you know, there have been a lot of guys that have really hit home runs in press conferences uh, over the years. And uh, Freddie hit another one. And let's just hope it, it actually translates to the football field this time. Yeah, definitely. And I think you you brought up one thing when he you said he was going to be himself. He wasn't going to try to be this, like, figure head coach and try to be bigger than what he is. And I think the last head coach was prime example of that. You know, Freddie just needs to be himself. He doesn't need to, need to try to be you know, like Mr. Tough guy and act like he's the head of hey, just because he's at the head of the table. Doesn't mean he's bigger than anybody else. He needs to be himself. He talked about relationships and collaborating. And I think that's what you want at the end of the day. If you're not ready for this and some would argue that Freddie's not ready for this, then to, lean on other people and I think he's going to do that I think you see that with the coaching staff he's built that he's going to rely on everybody and if he's in a situation where he's not ready or he's stuck in a moment or something that he's going to lean on his assistants like that and he's going to lean on John Dorsey so I I like that I like that he's going to be himself he's not going to change hopefully he doesn't and he's going to stick to his guns and what he's what's gotten where he's at today Absolutely, and uh, we mentioned that Freddie's putting together quite uh, a fantastic staff so far, and, and two of the guys that he hired are 
uh, offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, who was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. And he also hired Steve Wilkes, who was the head coach at, uh, over with the Arizona Cardinals. And right now we're going to jump into our interview with uh, Jeff Rich uh, discussing Steve Wilkes, and we'll be right back. All right, me and Jack are now pleased to be joined by Jeff Rich. He's our good old buddy. Uh, it's been a long time since we talked to Jeff. He's the host of Sports Byline Sports Overnight America. Uh, you can find that on, on Sirius uh, 211. Jeff, how you doing, man? It's been quite a while. I'm doing well. It's good to hear from you guys. Uh, excited to talk about a little Cleveland. You know, I do a nationally syndicated show, so I don't get to go back to my roots very often, though I do shoehorn the, uh, the Browns, Indians, Cavaliers, Buckeyes in uh, whenever possible. Yeah, uh, you know, Jeff is from uh, the Cleveland area, but he lives out in Arizona, so we decided to get him on here to talk about Steve Wilkes and Arizona Cardinals. But first, obviously you're a Browns fan and have been your whole life, and we wanted to pick your thoughts about what you think has been going on with uh, the Browns hiring Freddie Kitchens and, you know, kind of uh, the way they wrapped up the season with him on offense, and uh, they decided to keep him around as head coach. So what, what do you think about what's been going on? Well, I appreciate that there was a process that, uh, you know, the John Dorsey and Paul Podesta and whoever else is involved with the decision making as far as the coaching search goes. They did their diligence. They didn't just reward Greg Williams for doing well after Hugh Jackson departed. Um, I think that they really wanted to keep one of the incumbents. And then that's why they bookended the interviews with Greg Williams going first and Freddie Kitchens going last. And once Kitchens was interviewed, I figured that the um, that the interview process was over unless you had somebody that came in at the last minute maybe for a second interview a la Mike Pettin prior to the uh, was it 2014 that he came in and, and was really successful out of the gate or did he start the year before there's just a there's just a big cluster of Browns coaches you know every everything in between Mangini and now Freddie Kitchens just kind of blurs together you know what was it Chudzinski and he had Mike Pettin and uh yeah, that other guy that they hired from Cincinnati there for uh, for a few years, he didn't do so well. So um, I, I think this is promising. Uh, I think that it's really important when you have a young core like the Browns do uh, to bring in somebody that they're on board with, somebody that they believe in. And I think that Freddie Kitchens, w- while he might not have been the best candidate for any other opening out there, that uh, this was, I don't, I don't want to call it a home run hire for the Browns. This feels like a good hire in the present tense, but of course he's got to go out there and he's got to win football games. Uh, <clears throat> Jeff, what was your thoughts on Baker Mayfield's rookie season? Baker Mayfield's rookie season was surprisingly swell to, to pull a term from the fifties. The um, I was one of those guys that said he should sit and learn. And I realized that not everybody's uh, Aaron Rodgers, but Baker Mayfield uh, certainly exceeded expectations, even though he was the number one overall pick, uh, just because of the environment that he came into. And I I commend all of those. I commend this entire uh, rookie class of 2018 for for really hitting the ground running. Everybody uh, down to Jannard Avery, uh, I, I think before the season began, uh, Anthony put it out there on one of the social media platforms, uh, to, you know, to to. Oh, you put something out on social media. Uh, that's right. Anthony put it out on social media asking, uh, you know, for offensive defense rookie of the years. And, and I know that it would have been easy to go with Ch- with Chubb or Ward or Mayfield and all and all of those guys uh, certainly earned any accolades they received, you know, you know, by way of rookie of the week. I think I put it out there that the offensive rookie of the year would be Damian Ratley. Uh, he played sparingly this year, but I thought that. Uh, 
Jannard Avery was really solid at linebacker, and uh, if not for the great play of Denzel Ward when he was healthy, I think that he would have been the defensive rookie of the year on the Browns. Absolutely, and you know they had a really good uh, rookie class, and um, you know they decided to, to stick around with Freddie, who was able to get the best out of Baker Mayfield. And I, I was also one of the guys that thought Baker should sit. Uh, I thought it would have been the best case scenario uh, for the Browns if they were to be able to sit him for a year, but uh, obviously he came in and did what he did with Freddie Kitchens at the helm, and you know Freddie started to uh, now that he got hired, he started to put together quite uh, a good staff for what. Uh, at least on paper, and one of the guys that he hired, uh, you know, just other team is the Arizona Cardinals because that's where he lives out there. And so obviously he's been able to see what Steve Wilkes did last year. Jeff, looking at Steve Wilkes, um, what did you think of the Browns hiring him as defensive coordinator after seeing him for a year out there in Arizona? Okay, and my personal preference is that he has to run his own scheme. Uh, he kept the 4-3 system in place uh, when he came over from Carolina, uh, basically, re- you know, basically replaced James Betcher as the uh, the defensive guy uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, I thought that he lost the locker room really quickly uh, going back to maybe was it week three when they played the Chicago Bears uh, out out here in Glendale that uh the decision to go with Josh Rosen mid-game uh, in week three, when um, you know when you're having it handed to you, I, I thought it was a mistake, and I think that Rosen wasn't quite ready, uh, despite the fact that he was arguably the most day one ready guy coming out of UCLA uh, compared to the rest of a pretty stellar rookie quarterback class. Uh. You know, Jeff, when you look at Wilkes' defense, you said he ran a 4-3. He, um, Michael Bidwell, the team president of the Cardinals, was very critical of him last week, saying how Wilkes uh, switched from the 3-4 that Arizona was running to the 4-3. From what you watched uh, on the defensive side of the ball, did he mix stuff up, or was he running just a straight 4-3? I know in today's NFL they do like to run a lot of sub-packages. You know, it's disguise and surprise. We never saw the Browns run it uh, with with any level of success. I think that Mangini was probably uh, the guy that best guided the Browns. But, I mean, we're already talking about 10 years ago with that. So uh, it's been a while. As, as far as the Cardinals, I, you know, I think that they set things up to try to uh, run that defense around the secondary and Chandler Jones rushing the quarterback and I, I just think that they got caught, and I think that they got outcoached on many levels. Now, to, to say this for Steve Wilkes is he was not the defensive coordinator. He was the head coach of the football team, so he's got a lot more responsibility there. Uh, I don't think anybody, you know, they may have disguised, but uh, looking around the NFC West, uh, the success of Russell Wilson there, the success of uh, Jared Goff, and you know the would-be success of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo if San Francisco was throwing anything out there better than uh, than, than Nick Mullins, I think that uh, the Cardinals could have had an even worse record than they, than they did, and they were 3-13, and 13, and they earned themselves uh, the number one pick in the draft. Now, if you go back to Carolina, it's a little bit tough because you know you always talk about winning with the other guys, you know, with the with the other coaches guys, and he was replacing Sean McDermott, uh, who did uh, a sensational job there with the Carolina defense. I, I you know I, I wonder 
uh, you know, looking back to Carolina, you know, kind of just eternal sunshining the whole uh, 2018 season with the Steve Wilkes experiment as the, you know, as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. If you go back to Carolina, uh, he had a player like Luke Keekley. Uh, he didn't have any superstars in his secondary, but Carolina ran a pretty good defense. And, you know, defensive backs is uh, is Wilkes uh, niche, his specialty uh, going all the way back to when he was coaching at the collegiate level. Oh. There have been a lot of opinions that Steve Wilkes got kind of a raw deal out there in Arizona. Do you feel or share that same sentiment? Man, one and done is really tough. One and done, you you know, you really don't have much of an opportunity to let the team grow with you. And you know, he he was a players coach, and I was telling Jack this the other day. You know, players coaches are great. Uh, they get you to show up to uh, practice on time. They get you to uh, be be a little bit loose as you're preparing for the game, but Man, oh man, uh, three and thirteen, and you know, I, I think what it came down to, if Michael Bidwell was telling the truth, is that they just didn't think that Steve Wilkes had any direction, and that's okay if you're going to be a coordinator. There are plenty. You know, Dave Wanstack comes to mind. There are plenty of guys out there, Buddy Ryan, uh, that have uh, demonstrated that they are among the best at the uh, court. You know, when they can coordinate, when they can be, uh, when they can just focus on one side of the football. Uh, Wade Phillips was never a great head coach in the in the NFL, and I, you know, I don't know how much of an opportunity Greg Williams had in Buffalo, but uh, he was never a great head coach. But uh, he's been a good de- defensive coordinator at every stop, even in New Orleans, when you know his problems weren't so much related to how he schemed as much as how he motivated. Yeah, we we touched base on this the other day, Jeff. You were talking about, you know, is was he he was a player's coach, and obviously, you know, Larry Fitzgerald spoke highly of him, and uh, Charles Peanut Tillman even came out and spoke and said that Arizona needed to give him another opportunity. What made him so well liked by the coaches or by his uh, players? Sorry, I think he, I think he was just relatable. I, I you know I don't think that he had you know I don't think that he'd been a co- head coach long enough to have that that uh, um, that corp takeover where he dries out and you know i mean you guys watched hard knocks that first episode when freddie kitchens and todd haley were bringing you know were bringing it to everyone's attention that these guys have that these veterans hadn't earned days off and hugh jackson you know he definitely drew a line in the sand i think that you know that was probably his biggest downfall was he just didn't know how to be a head coach he didn't know where the you know the autonomy stopped with the head coach and you became you know it's it's a little bit like matt nagy he was uh, criticizing Cody Parkey's uh, appearance on the Today Show. Uh, that that was a me thing. That wasn't a we or an us thing. And I, you know, I I think that Steve Wilkes very much believed that there was an us, but I also believe that he was kept in the dark and that he wasn't given uh, the power that he needed to succeed as a head coach. Now, as far as letting him go after one season, if you are going to let a coach go after one season, that was the season to do it. Well, not not including uh, Hugh Jackson's one in fifteen or zero in sixteen seasons. So we'll wrap up here with Arizona here, and then we got I got another Browns question for you. Um, what what did you think of Arizona hiring Cliff Kingsbury? I think it's a daring hire. I think that everybody. I, I think that it's a reach. Uh, you know, especially considering this. You know, this was a guy that was hired not as a head coach at the collegiate level, but as a coordinator at USC. I think that he's he's a good a good recruiter, which probably isn't going to help you if you're the Cleveland Browns. I mean, it, it might help to a certain extent. Uh, uh, pardon me, if you're the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you know, I, I think that 
I think the Kingsbury has a chance to succeed, but you got to team them up with a great defensive coordinator, um, and you got to give them the personnel to succeed as well. So, uh, looking at Steve Wilkes and now the defensive players that he has here at Arizona, uh, who do you think can really flourish under Wilkes um, now that he's here in Cleveland? Well, uh, I would say Joe Schobert, um, you know, and it depends on what he does with the scheme. I think that it would be a mistake to switch Larry Ogajobi to a, uh, you know, into a zero technique off of the three technique. I don't think the, I don't think the Browns have a uh, true nose tackle on their roster. You'd like to think that Ogajobi could translate, but I'd like to see Joe Schobert in the Luke Keekley role. I know that he's not quite as athletic, uh, you know, there are, there aren't any other Luke Keekleys, but, um, you know, the one thing that, that frustrates me is, you know, I mentioned that Wilkes, uh, niche was as a uh, defense backs coach and, you know, this might not have anything to do with scheme or coaching or anything on the field, but Patrick Peterson for the first time in his Arizona Cardinals career, uh, asked for a trade. And, you know, if you're a defensive backs coach, if that's your specialty and he wants out, then you're not doing something right. Is there anybody on an Arizona defense that you know of as a free agent that uh, played well under Wilkes and their defensive coordinator that might follow him to Cleveland? Uh, free agents with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I know I kind of I, I know I kind of blindsided you with that one. I think that I think that Buchanan's got a year left. Peterson's got a year left on his contract. I mean, you might be looking at a guy like uh, Trey Boston, and I'm not sure what uh, DJ Swearinger's uh, 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 contract is. You know, since Washington released him, the Cardinals signed him. I'm not sure if that resets his contract in any way. Uh, who else from that defense? Uh, they're not getting Chandler Jones. Uh, Corey Peters, I, I guess, might be a possibility. Uh, Marcus Golden's not going anywhere. No, there's not really there's not really too many names on that defensive you know defensive side unless they want to work a trade for Patrick Peterson, which I don't imagine the Browns doing despite all the cap space that they have. Oh, uh, oh, go ahead, Jack. But uh, that'd be wouldn't that be pretty sexy, though? Denzel Ward and uh, Patrick Peterson in that oh. secondary with uh, the safeties that the Browns currently have? It sure would. That's for sure. Yep. You can run cover two all day. You can run cover two man and man press all day uh, with uh, with talented players like Peterson and Ward. But there's a reason that teams don't have two number one uh, two number one corners, and that's you know that's simply because it's hard to afford those contracts aren't tenable to maintain both of those guys. Uh, Deion Buchanan is actually a free agent, and um, I know that Hassan Reddick was mentioned in trade rumors and that the Browns were talking to Arizona about linebackers, so they may rehash those trade talks at some point during the offseason as well. You know, Reddick was a Bruce Arians guy. You know, if, if he's a if he's a free agent, I wonder if uh, Tampa Bay might be a possibility for him as well. I mean, that that that's the thing is you had one year of Wilkes and you had uh, you know what like six or seven years of Bruce Arians, so the relationships are definitely going to be stronger with the Tampa Bay head coach. All right, Jeff, I, I really appreciate you coming on to join us. Uh, you know, talk a little bit Browns, talk a little bit Arizona Cardinals and. You, know, you, you mentioned earlier, you don't get to talk Browns that often, uh, but I'm sure this season with their turnaround, you got to talk quite a bit over there on your radio show. And if you want to give your radio show a plug and where everyone can listen to it, uh, the floor is yours. All right. We're on uh, Sports Byline. The show is called Sports Overnight America. It airs from 10 until midnight Pacific time. So that's leftovers or 
the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One to three for you guys on the East Coast. And uh, on Sunday nights, I'm on, uh, you know, which is nice because we can recap the NFL action right away. Uh, Sunday nights I just picked up and I am on from 11 until midnight uh, Pacific time. You can check sports byline for the schedule and follow me on Twitter at Jeff Rich Talks or check out the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Jeff Rich Talks. All right, real quick, Jeff. Uh, Browns free agency draft. What do you do? Just real quick. Uh, you know, you'd like to improve the the uh, the offensive line. You'd like to improve the defensive line a little bit. Um, I'm not too concerned about receiver, but I, I I think that they do need to try to get younger and overcome all of these uh, Sashi Brown experiment picks outside of Rashad Higgins. All right, Jeff. Uh, we appreciate. Uh, you join us, and I'm sure uh, at some point here in the offseason we'll get you back on. I know our Hunter show uh, is just a few weeks away, so I would imagine we'll probably get you back on for that. You need to say a, a few words, and uh, it's great talking to you as always, and thanks for joining us. Hey, the fe- feeling is mutual. Uh, uh, reach out to me anytime, guys. So that was our interview with Jeff Rich. We hope you guys appreciated that. Uh, we appreciate Jeff coming on to discuss some Browns, uh, some Arizona Cardinals, and hopefully you guys found out a little bit about our new defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. All right, up next we have Philip Swigler of FPC Buccaneers. Uh, he'll be joining us to talk about Todd Munkin, and among other uh, Tampa Bay storylines, um, and hopefully you guys learn a bit from this interview. So here it is. All right, we're back now uh, with Philip Swigler. Uh, he's the managing editor of FPC uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How you doing tonight, Philip? I'm doing wonderful, man. I appreciate you uh, having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the reason we have you on, as I alluded to earlier, uh, Todd Munkin is the new offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, it's interesting that he's not going to call plays. Uh, he took that job uh, knowing that he isn't going to call plays. Freddie Kitchens is going to do that, but... Uh, we wanted we wanted to get Philip in here uh, to discuss Todd Munkin. He's with he's been with Tampa Bay for the last three years. And Philip, what's your overall take of how Todd has performed over the last few years with the Tampa Bay offense? Well, I mean, and looking back, uh, you, you know, he started out as you know the offensive coordinator slash wide receivers coach. And the big thing when he came in with Mike Evans, Mike Evans had a lot of drops uh, during that 2015 season. And if you watch how Todd Munkin coached him, uh, he gradually got better and those drops went away and the offense became more explosive. So I think overall, he's just a great, uh, great coach that can really work with whoever it is, you know, be receivers, be a quarterback, um, running backs, whatever have you. He, he just, he, he seems to uh, generate like that power in the room with the receivers and everything like that, that really brings out the most in the guys and really, shows them that he wants them to be there and he wants them to get better. You mentioned that that passing game, uh, they had the best passing attack in the NFL this past season, even though the record might not show it. But the the issue that they had was their running game. How come they couldn't get the running game going this year? Uh, the, completely honest with you is that they didn't commit to the run game at all. Um, as soon as the game started getting out of hand, 
and it happened a lot towards the end of the season in the second half, you know, with them falling behind so so much, they had to go straight to passing, so they never really gave the run game a chance. But then you also have to look at the offensive line for the Buccaneers. It's not what it used to be in 2015 when Doug Martin uh, was second in the league in rushing. There's lots of holes in that offensive line, which prevented a lot of the running backs from getting, you know, those big breaks on the runs and those big holes opened up. Uh, if you look back at a few games, you've seen Peyton Barber. He'll 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 get like a 30-something yard run, and they get a call back because one of the offensive linemen got a holding call or some something some penalty to bring him back. But lack of commitment and lack of commitment to the offensive line really hurt the team in rushing this season. Uh, with the rushing attack, um, you know we our our two tackles aren't the best, and you know they they were pretty average this year. It got a lot better once they put in Greg Robinson over Desmond Harrison, but did Tampa Bay do anything to schematically uh, counter their weaknesses on the offensive line, or did they just uh, try to go at it, uh, you know, try to run straight at it without really doing anything too special? Well, I mean, during the offseason last season, you know, we signed uh, Ryan Jensen to the biggest contract for a center in the league. Um, uh, other than that, we, we've had some, uh, younger guys that we brought up like Caleb Beninock and, um, Alex Kappa that we drafted last season to try to maybe fill in the, fill into, uh, you know, the role of being more aggressive, uh, right next to Ryan Jensen. Cause everyone should know in the NFL, Ryan Jensen is one of the most uh, aggressive offensive linemen in the NFL. Um, but ultimately what hurt us is just, we didn't get those key players in those key spots. Ryan Jensen was a great addition, but we needed somebody else to anchor down the other side of the line. You know, with that passing attack, obviously, uh, Jameis Winston had his ups. Uh, you didn't start the season. You guys had Ryan Fitzpatrick in there. Uh, you know, you had Fitzmagic for a few weeks. How, and then, you know, once Jameis came back in and, and took over, uh, you played well for a little bit, but was there an overlying reason why uh, things didn't work to the best of their abilities with Jameis this year? Well, actually, we just had uh, one of the local guys for the Tampa Bay Times do an interview with Jameis Winston, and one of the things he said about the season, it was just so weird for him because of the quarterback uh, carousel or Russian relay, whatever you want to call it, that was going on in Tampa. Because um, from my opinion, Dirk Cutter was trying to save his job, so whatever wins he could get, he was going to get him, whether it be Ryan Fitzpatrick in or Jameis Winston. So I think him being out of the building for those first three weeks really hurt him going into uh, when he started playing again because the team was winning. Those first two games were magical. And then he came back, and that's when the team started really falling apart. So he kind of got thrown into the fire, and it just seemed like he was looking over his shoulder every time he played saying, you know, if I if I mess up this, they're going to put Fitzpatrick back in. So, overall, I think confidence really hurt him this season with the whole Brian Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston uh, switching off starting roles. And from what I could tell, I watched a couple of Tampa Bay games, including the one against the Browns, which I don't know how the Browns didn't win that game. But um, <laughs> it, it seemed like uh, it wasn't only Dirk Cutter that, that was pressing, but it was also Jameis pressing as well. Would you agree with that? No, I, I do, I do. And there's a couple times in that game where, you know, if if uh, the Browns would have, you know, not had a penalty or something like that, they could have ran away with the game and really took it. But towards the end, it just looked like the, the Bucks didn't want to win that game and they were trying to give it to the Browns. Um, you know, they, they did switch uh, between uh, Fitzpatrick and Jameis a few times. What did you notice from uh, Todd doing different schematically-wise between the two quarterbacks? 
I've seen like some of some of the uh, intermediate throws and some of the long throws were different uh, for Jameis Winston compared to Brian Fitzpatrick, and that's just from my opinion watching the film. But I, I feel like Todd Munkin knew that Jameis Winston was struggling with the deep ball, so he made he schemed it a little different, but still had that deep passing attack. Uh, one thing you guys will learn about Todd Munkin is he uh, he's a very aggressive play caller. He likes to move the ball down the field. He likes to throw to the uh, open receivers down the field, and then he likes to hide the tight ends too and make them pop up. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a 45-yard touchdown. So I definitely looking at the player strengths who he had in. That's I feel like he schemed to their abilities. And then maybe a few times they thought maybe James Winston was getting hot. That's when he would start calling more deep balls, and that's when they started getting in trouble. That kind of directly leads me to the next question. How, how would you describe Todd's offense? Because you know this year with Freddie. Um, no, he talked about in his press conference how he was still pretty much running uh, Hugh Jackson slash Todd Haley's offense. Uh, what do you think Todd is going to bring with his offensive style uh, to the Browns? Uh, like I was saying, he's in a very, very aggressive play caller. He's going to exploit the weaknesses. He likes to throw to those those DBs with those one and one uh, one on one matchups, that type of thing. And that he, I know he likes to get, try to get the run game going. Uh, which he was trying to do very hard in Tampa this past season, but it wasn't working. And when it doesn't work, that's when he starts scheming those little uh, dump-off passes, maybe those passes in the flat. You know, he he tries to exploit the defense as much as possible. And uh, depending on what kind of of quarterback he has, I think ultimately uh, we'll show you what kind of scheme he runs or how aggressive he will be. But I think you guys will be okay with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield seems to be a playmaker already, uh, being, you know, this first year in in the league. So I don't think there'll be any problems with if Todd Munkin starts to take over plays that him and Baker Mayfield will have any issues together. Yeah, you know, uh, watching Baker this year, there, there's no doubt in my mind that he can make any kind of throw uh, that you ask him to make. So if you ask him to make those deep ball throws or those uh, short uh, swing passes or, or anything, I, I think Baker could definitely, uh, you know, make all those kinds of throws and, and hopefully that'll fit well with, with Todd and some of his ideas that he'll bring to, to Freddie Kitchens in terms of plays. What would you say is Todd's best quality, best and worst quality in terms of being an offensive mind? Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a no BS guy. Um, he's not going to, He's not going to sugarcoat anything. So, like, like we were talking about, the play calling. If he doesn't feel like he can do it, he's not going to make you do it. Um, I think if, when you look back on the Buccaneers, a lot of the thing, the problems that were going on was because of Dirk Cutter's influence in the offensive play calling. So his biggest suit is, is his no, no BS uh, take to everything, especially with the players. He doesn't want to lie to them. He doesn't want to make them feel any other way than what they should be feeling. Uh, there are – are a couple guys on your offense that are free agents, but there's one in particular uh, that I'm looking at, and that is Adam Humphreys. He's had uh, a steady incline of receptions over the past four years. Uh, you know, as he's come into the NFL, uh, you can see that in his yards, his targets, his receptions, and his touchdowns as well. Uh, I think he'd be a great fit here. Uh, what what makes Humphreys a, a really good receiver, and what is a a really talented wide receiver room with uh, Mike Evans? Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson, and Adam Humphreys as well. Well, with Adam Humphreys, I mean, this guy is Mr. Dependable. You give this guy the ball, he's going to get it, and he's going to try to get more yards. He's, you know, you could literally give him any type of ball, and you know he's going to catch it. Uh, this year he had a career highs in uh, receptions and I want to say yards and touchdowns this season. 
So he's definitely uh, one of those security blankets that Jameis Winston has. And you notice that as soon as Jameis came back into the game, you know, Adam Humphreys catching the slant here, Adam Humphreys catching this and that. And the good thing about him is he, he runs his routes very crisply. He'll get to his spot, catch the ball, and try to move from there. So he's one of my favorite players on the Buccaneers teams as far as being reliable. And the whole thing with Tampa, you know, they had the number one passing attack this season uh, as far as yards go. And that's because they had guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard when he was uh, healthy, Cameron Brait, and even you can even add in the Sean Jackson, Adam Humphreys in there. But there are so many mouths to feed that I feel uh, as the season started getting on, those guys that were a little bit more reliable, like the Mike Evans and then Adam Humphreys and stuff like that, started getting more targets because they knew when they were down, they, those are the guys that we're going to throw to because those guys are going to help us get our first downs. So it would definitely be really sad to see Adam Humphreys leave. He's definitely a treasure here in Tampa Bay. Um, but if Cleveland were to get him, I mean, you guys are going to open up a whole a whole new game for your offense just with that one player. Did uh, did he play mostly in a slot there down in Tampa? Yeah, mostly in the slot. I mean, they they moved a few other places just to kind of disguise things. Uh, and he also returned punts. So I mean, he he's an overall good player. Wherever you put him, he's going to play. He, you know, he, he's he's a team player. He's not going to give any fuss or, or uh, argue about anything. He just wants to play football and try to help the team win. Is he pretty sure-handed? Because I, I noticed, uh, you know, looking at some of his stats, he has a very high catch rate. Uh, it it would have been the second highest here on the Browns. Uh, is it, are his hands pretty good? Oh, his hands are excellent. Uh, I, I want to say it was the Carolina game that we had here at home. He got rocked by two guys at the same time, uh, top and bottom, still had came up with the ball somehow. So his hands are very trusty. To see him fumble the ball or get a drop is very rare. All right, I'll – uh, I think that pretty much does it for the Browns. If I have a couple Tampa Bay stuff, just to get some, some insight uh, from you guys about what Tampa Bay is going to do this offseason. Obviously, you guys hired Bruce Arians. Uh, what did you think overall of that hire and the coaching staff that he started to put together so far? Uh, this is the most excited I've been to cover the Buccaneers uh, as far as coaching staff goes. I mean, Bruce Arians is a very, very, very um, you know coveted guy around the league everyone knows what he's done i mean the quarterbacks that he's worked with peyton manning andrew luck carson palmer got the last few good years out of them towards the end there and then and then big ben over in, in uh, uh over the steelers for a long time i'm very excited to see what he can do with Jameis winston and ultimately i think he was brought here to try to fix i, I don't like saying fix but try to assist Jameis Winston and, you know, really reaching his full potential. And he's brought in like an extra staff. Like if you look at all the coaches he's hired, he literally has a second coaching staff that they're going to use um, during training camp and that kind of thing to really evaluate players. Uh, and one of the more exciting things about his staff is how we got Todd Bowles. He's going to be our defensive coordinator. I'm very excited about that. Very aggressive play caller, very aggressive guy. He likes to blitz the quarterback a lot. And uh, he doesn't like disguising things. He likes running a lot of those cover zeros, cover one. So Bruce Arians coming to Tampa has definitely sparked a lot of hope in the fan base. Um, you, when you're walking down the street, you can you see Buccaneers jerseys, you know, in January when usually everyone's all sad because we're not playing football in January. You know, it's a good thing that the Browns hired Freddie Kitchens as their head coach because if he wasn't, he probably would have been down there in Tampa Bay as your offensive coordinator because he worked under Arians before. And, uh, I think that was a, a good connection um, that, that would have happened if, uh, you know, Kitchens were to be the Browns head coach. Uh, 
you talked about Jameis a little bit, and it kind of leads me into my last question here. Um, do you think that there's any chance that they, they move on uh, from Jameis if Bruce Arians likes one of these quarterbacks in the draft more than Jameis? I, if, you, if you know Bruce Arians, uh, he, he's the guy who's going to say out front at the beginning, this is my quarterback, this is who I'm running with. And he's already said it actually in his introductory uh, presser uh, last week that Jameis Winston is his guy, this is his team, this is who I'm moving forward with. We will get competition in for the backups. He never said anything about competition for Jameis. So Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback for the 2019 season. And if he does play well enough, he'll be the first quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get a second contract in franchise history. Well, that's, that's a pretty interesting set because uh, for uh, the Browns, they haven't had a guy reach their second contract since Brian Sype, uh since the 80s. So, um, hopefully, ba- hopefully Baker Mayfield uh, can break that trend as well. All right, Philip, I-, I really appreciate you coming on. Do you want to go ahead and plug everything over at uh, Full Press Buccaneers and, and uh, your podcast as well? Yeah, sure. Uh, you-, you guys can find uh, everything that me and my guys do on fullpresscoverage.com backslash Buccaneers or on Twitter, FPC underscore Buccaneers. We literally cover everything, uh, opinions. We do articles about draftees, p- players coming up, uh, everything you want to uh, find about the Buccaneers, you look on there. Um, we also do, me and my partner, Mark Magana, we do the Red Flag Podcast, and we record every Tuesday. And then we also do a live show with Bucks, Re- uh, Bucks Report on Facebook. We do a live show every Wednesday night around midnight. So check those out if you guys are Buccaneers fans or just curious to see what it is. All right, Phil. I, I really appreciate you coming on. And, you know, I – I, I've known uh, Ian Glendon, who, who started up uh, Full Press for, for quite a while, and him and I still talk. And, you know, I, I really love what that website has done. And, and uh, you know, from yeah. what what it used to be over at Cover 32 to what it's become now at, at Full Press, and uh, you guys have done a, a fantastic job, you know, not just, you know, your website, but, you know, across all the NFL, all the teams that they do. And uh, Full Press is definitely a, a website that, you know, our listeners should check out um, as well. All right, Phil, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on, and maybe sometime in the future we'll have you on again. Sure thing, man. I appreciate it. Uh, good luck this season. Let's see what Freddie Kitchens and um, Mayfield can do this year. Absolutely. All right, thanks, Phil. All right, I want to thank both Philip and Jeff for joining us uh, on this episode. Uh, we got some great insight on both uh, our new two coordinators, of the Cleveland Browns, and um, you know, I, I really appreciate those guys coming on and taking the time out of their day, uh, spending it with us, and, and giving our uh, listeners some um, some good insight on, on what we can expect from Todd Munkin and, and Steve Wilkes as well. All right, before we get out of here, I'm all by myself now. Well, we recorded this on two separate days, so I'll be wrapping this up by myself. And before we get on out of here, uh, we kind of want to give our uh, AFC NFC Championship picks for this weekend. Uh, you know, we got two fantastic games. We have the Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the New England Patriots. We have the New Orleans Saints playing host to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, these are going to be two fantastic games. Whatever, whatever the outcomes are, uh, the Super Bowl, I think, is going to be a fantastic matchup, whether it be Rams-Patriots, whether it be Rams-Chiefs, uh, in that classic rematch of the game we had earlier this season. It could be uh, Saints and Patriots, uh a matchup of two old older quarterbacks uh, looking to add to their legacy. 
Uh, it'd be great to see Drew Brees get a second Super Bowl. Um, I know me and Jack. Um, actually, I picked the Saints to go Super Bowl. He picked the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. Um, so you know, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. So uh, Jack sent me a message about who he's taking this weekend. He said uh, the Patriots over the Chiefs. Uh, while the Mahomes, while Mahomes and the Chiefs have been soaring, they aren't ready yet to knock off the Kings in the AFC. Brady and Belichick will advance to their eighth Super Bowl appearance. Uh, he's picking uh, the Saints over the Rams. Uh, he said he did pick the, the Rams to go to Super Bowl in the preseason, but he thinks the Saints are a superior team at this moment. They will shut down Anderson and Gurley, and Breeze will get a shot at a second Super Bowl. Um, I'm pretty much at that same sentiment. Uh, last week, I, I picked the Chargers to beat the Patriots. Said, you know what? I'm not making that mistake again. Uh, if I'm wrong two weeks in a row, so be it. But I think I, I've learned my lesson to not pick against the New England Patriots. So I will go Patriots over uh, the Chiefs. And I will also be picking the Rams to go or be picking the Saints to win over the Rams. I picked the Saints in the preseason to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm, I'm sticking with that. Uh, you know, they have a great atmosphere there down in the Superdome. Um, and you know, that's just such a tough place to play. And early in the season, the Saints did stop the Rams, uh, in that place, uh, as well. So, uh, I think the Saints are going to win the, the rematch and, uh, for Drew Brees to get another shot at a Super Bowl, uh, for it to possibly be his second one, uh, would just be a fantastic storyline for the next two weeks to talk about. And, uh, I'm really excited for, uh, the matchups this weekend, and they're going to be two fantastic football games. Uh, that's for sure. All right. Uh, as we get on out of here, uh, be sure to check out Jack's work over at the NorthCoastSports.com. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at jmccurrycle. Uh, you know, he's had a lot of stuff going on over there between the Buckeyes, uh, the Browns, of course, and uh, not so much the Cavs because the Cavs are terrible. But uh, every now and then, he'll write something about the Cavs. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Anthony Jokey, J-O-K-I. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at Tiddy5Gridiron. Uh, you can find our podcast on pretty much any platform that you can think of, including iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We absolutely appreciate it. And as we get on out of here, I'll leave you with this as I do at the end of every episode, and that is Go Browns! Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.